Hello everybody, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. I'm going to move me and John. Oh, John's done it. He's swapped this round. It was weird me out, John. Sorted. Joining me this evening, we've got Craig Manson. Good evening, Craig. Hello, how are you doing? With John Anderson, who's shifting me around on the screen. I mean, I love to shift you around, Cammy, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yes, hello. And um, joining us by the skin of his teeth and the skin of my teeth too is Johnny McGinty. Good evening, Johnny. Good evening, how are we doing? Similarly I'm, hectic I'm, bedtimes, I think. Yeah, I've had the same. I've just had a request for Calpol. Oh, no. Yeah. Got the shakes. Can I give you just another hit? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such good stuff, though, isn't it? Like I was I was genuinely thinking about this earlier on. When when did we stop being allowed to have Calpol, like as adults? When did we start taking tablets? Like I'm all about that Calpol life. Uh, yeah. I think there's probably a point at which it just wouldn't do anything for you, or you'd have to take a lot of it to be effective. I mean, yeah. well, what's the dosage? Like we we could we could definitely do this as a Patreon special. Do, we've, got, look, we've got, we've got, how much we can take. We've yeah. got genuine doctors that listen to this, so please get in touch with your answers. Uh, exactly. Yes. Tell and us, please, please take paracetamol responsibly. <laughs> Should just put that on there before I get banned <laughs> from Facebook. Indeed, yes. Good so, point. So yeah, Alan McDonald, get in touch. How much cowpaw can an adult drink? We want to know. <laughs> These are the sorts of questions. <laughs> on this podcast um so yeah we are live at the moment on uh youtube twitter and twitch um you can also download the podcast in audio format on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and anywhere else you can get your podcasts um we have a patreon as well patreon.com slash scottish rugby podcast and from three pounds a month you get not only this podcast but you get a bonus weekly podcast as well where we um talk about rugby some of the time but not all of the time. Really I good, see good. some's generous, to be honest. Some's probably generous. Yeah, if you want some good biscuit chat, that's about it really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, terribly dissimilar to the main pod in that sense. Though, I, was just, I, I was just thinking, I really sold it there. I should have... Sh- I should just shut up. I meant to be in sales and I didn't sell it very well. Biscuit chat, what am I the, the least you could have done was be excited about the biscuits. You're just like, yeah. you were like, you were like Eeyore talking about biscuits. If you want to hear, biscuits. if you want to hear our impressions of Chris Chris Patterson at an orgy, the Patreon special is where you need to be. I had mercifully forgotten about that. I, yep, yep. I, until I saw the title of the podcast last week, I'd forgotten. That's <laughs> where we went with that. We're, Here they've we're, got, there, we're there already. He's, he's there back already. and he's, he's he's allowed back in the house now. It's good oh, news. Oh, yeah. That he's is in his office it. today. <gasps> Do you think our podcast has that influence that actually it was on his wife? Aye, it was us that back in. Yes, are you like, nothing is here. Let's get back in. Come on. Unless, do you think, maybe um, maybe the Truman's showing him. Unless <laughs> <laughs> he's in like a dome in Murrayfield. <laughs> and they just put him in a car and drive him around Edinburgh blindfolded then like take him into like a, a porter cavern and tell him he's home in Gala Shields. And there's just photographs of, photographs of the hills there. <laughs> Seven minutes in, it would explain are. a lot. That's yeah. all I'm nope. saying. Nope. That's why. That's why none of the. Uh, that's why you know, like when Scottish rugby players retire, and they just get given a job. That's what happens. They're not. They're not. They're. They're all there against their will. <laughs> <laughs> they're always cold up in port cabins somewhere. Mark Dodson's got them rounded up in some sort of internment <laughs> camp. 
I'm gonna. I feel like this is something for the Patreon. Let's move on. We start to talk about uh, Scottish rugby being the Matrix. Or what? Yeah. Let's explore this more in the uh, in the Patreon <laughs> special. Anyway, um, so let's start with some news then. Um, right, Johnny, I'm going to make you explain this. You can explain the European draw because it makes no sense to anybody apart from you, apparently. Yeah. All right. This was going to be my hands in the rock, but I will do a simple explainer just now, and then I'll complain about how angry it makes me later. Basically, the three domestic leagues, their top eight finishers go into the Champions Cup. Yep. And and they split them into four seeds. So if you finish first or second, you're a one seed. Third or fourth, you're a two seed. Onwards and down. So Edinburgh finished eighth at a fourth seed, right? Then they split them into the two pools. And there's one team from each seeding group from each league in each pool. Okay. So there's a there's a one seed from each of the three leagues, a two seed from each of the three leagues, a three and a four seed in the pools. And then you play your corresponding seeds. So one plays four and two plays three. And you play the two teams that are not from your league. So Edinburgh will play, because they're a fourth seed, they'll play the the first seed from the Premiership and the first seed from the top 14 from their pool. So I think it's like Saracens and Castro. I don't understand how that's difficult to understand. Yeah, but the way that they explained it was they seemed to have... The way the graphic then was very confusing. The graphic yeah, made no sense that they put the out. Graphic's it. It like the graphic's not the best. Glasgow will play these two players, and then you these two teams, and then you looked further down, and then another... Some teams you had, Glasgow playing other yeah, teams. Yeah, that was confusing. You had you had to look for your badge on the left-hand side because that told you the two teams that you were playing. Because of the way that it's drawn, you don't so necessarily Glasgow, So Glasgow only got two fixtures. Home and away, yeah. Home and away. Bath, Bath, and Bayo, Bath and Perpignan, home and away. So on that graphic then, they were showing Glasgow playing these two teams at home and then you then had to go down the list to find you on the... Right hand side, right hand side to find on the not very well laid out graphic that they put up. The only thing that matters for your team is the fixtures where your team's on the left hand side. So you know how it's like Glasgow versus Perpignan and Bath. Yeah, that's who we've got: Perpignan and Bath, home and away. And I know, like up at the top, it's like Bath have got uh, whoever they've got, Glasgow and somebody else. But the somebody else, Glasgow aren't playing. See that 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 makes no sense. So how do you work on wins? Because it's whoever's top at the end. Everybody top plays four games. Top of the pool. Because it's top the top. The the there's top two pools. Each pool go through to the quarterfinals. Yeah, there's like, oh, it's just, yeah. There's two pools oh, and the top four go to the quarters. It's dreadful. Apart from the dreadful. Challenge Cup, it's a bit more confusing because they start dropping, losing Champions Cup teams in. The, cha- the Champions Cup's pretty straightforward. The top four from each pool goes to the quarters. Do, do you remember the days there used to just be four teams in a pool? And like, yeah, but playing each other home and away. I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I like this new way better because I the thing I like about it is that they keep teams from your domestic league out of your European games. That that's true, but you could achieve that by simply going, let's do pools of four and let's not have teams from the same league drawn against each other and seed them that way. Jobs, yeah, but I think I think with the number of teams that go through, if you're doing pools of four, that Uh, that would be possible. Eight, eight pools of eight pools of four. Then you could do that though. No, nah, I don't eight. think you could. Was it six pools? If it's eight, if it's eight pools of four and three leagues, then you're always going to have pools where there's more than one team from the same league in it. it sounds like we need an expansion. 
Yeah. Okay, eight Let's get some new leagues. Other leagues. Other leagues. Spain, back we're just in Africa. South African teams are in there now. Hundreds of teams. Aye, but that's technically our league, though. That's URC. I teams. know, but is it though, or is it just? Well, yeah, because we already well, play is. all the URC teams. Yeah. I, know, I know. We don't play them all. That's the other thing. You don't play all the URC teams, or you do play them all, but you, you don't play them all. Not home and away. Not home and away. Yeah, either home or away. Yeah. I like the way the European Cup's done because it's a good chance to see some different teams, and you get them home and away. Well, so I, mean, I like it, it, and I find it fairly straightforward to understand. It is good this year because we've not. Could you not just do pools of three? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Egypt. But then, how would you how would you see pools of three? Um, URC pools top because they're like you the don't best. seed, just don't seed it. They're supposed to be the best teams just a, in Europe. Just a wild draw, just wild draw. What? So just like draw all the URC teams one eight, one from the URC, draw. one from the Prem, one from the top fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Go. just yeah. do that way. Boom! Like just draw random eight, random Ima- eight. Imagine when Leinster end up in a pool with Saracens and Toulouse. And but that's the point of a draw. This is that, that's the point a of a draw, though, isn't it? And, like, that would be something. magnificent, though. But yeah, that's but kind the, of what happens. But yeah, but the get... whole point in, in the European draws is the way they, in the way they, they exist is to stack them heavily in favour of the teams they want to win. So where, <laughs> that's the, why where, we're not where's getting the that. Roma- where's the romance in that? That's well, there's plenty of romance people... in it if you're a Leinster or Saracens fan because you get to get to the final every year. Leinster and Saracen fans aren't romantic, Johnny. <laughs> they don't. Machines they? don't. Machines don't feel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very famous point that was made during the Blade Runner and do Android's dream of electric sheep. Also, Terminator. Apply the vo- is it the Volk Kampf test to uh, Leinster and Saracen fans <laughs> to see if they pass. Oh, this podcast has started heroically, heroically. <laughs> Well, I don't know if it's heroically. I've just uh, kind of <clears throat> zoned out there because I thought Johnny was Johnny McGinty was talking about his American football draft, uh, draft fantasy league there for a second. See, well, just, this is this is why people completely. this is why people complain about the European Cup because I've just explained it in a very straightforward way and you weren't listening. And now people like you I wasn't. I wasn't listening. I was bored. Bored. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you don't get to complain that you don't understand it now because it's been explained. I never complained. I didn't understand it in the first place. The teacher has spoken. <laughs> The thing is, right, I think that it just, like you said, John, I think the thing that kind of I don't find attractive about European rugby is, as you say, it's just, it's the same teams. It's stacked in favour of the same teams, whereas you've got something like, you know, the, you know, I know it's kind of the same with, with kind of the Champions League, but say something like the FA Cup or the SFA Cup, it's the, you can go on a decent. Smaller teams can go on a decent run and, and progress quite far. Whereas with the European yeah. Championship, I mean, unless you're vested in the one of the top teams, unless you're one of the robots supporting Saris or the Leinsters or someone like that, it it's just dull. Yeah, I just I think, think it should be knockout rugby straight away. Just yeah. just throw them in at knockout rugby. And we, we it should be. You're right, but we all know the reason why because you know they're trying to get Leinster and Saris at the top. Well, they want Leinster and Saris to have four games on TV. They then want them to have quarterfinal home and away. They want, you know, they want to make sure these teams that they supposedly think are the biggest draws get, you know, airtime, which is a bit rubbish. The thing is, though, like this year, 
what I don't think they banked on, and they never bank on France. They've been doing this for a really long time, and they don't seem to understand that French teams go mental and like anything could happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. so cast are a one seed, which I don't think anyone expected, and I do not think that they expected the South Africans because the the one seeds from the URC are the Bulls and the Stormers. Leicester yep. are two seeds. Yeah. So, like, it's all kind of gone. It's it's gone apart of the seams a little bit because there was stuff I don't think that they were prepared for. Because yeah, Leinster are a two seed, Munster are a two seed, um, Toulouse are a two seed. So who are who are Leinster? Who are they playing then? I don't know. Um, I only know who the Scottish teams are playing. Um, Well, yeah, you've got the the skills. The URC number one seeds are the Bulls and the Stormers. Magnificent. And then let, let's, let's not forget, of course, that we then have the Invitational team in the Challenge Cup as well, just to throw all that yeah. spanner into the mix as well. Yeah, let's the, the, the resurrected cheetahs, who we all thought had been you know put to pasture after Pro 14 days, but no, no, they still exist and are still... Well, we can't, uh, we can't send Glasgow to like Ukraine or something like that at the moment to go and play a game of rugby, so it's going to have to the cheetahs. Have to sacrifice somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Cheetahs at least are um, playing all their home games in Parma. That's right, yeah. I, I don't think the same is happening to the uh, other South African teams. So I think anybody who gets the Bulls or the uh, Stormers is going to South Africa. Oh, fabulous. They'll be delighted. Won't they be thrilled? Oh, yes. Mid, mid. Wait, wait till you see the next year's reform as soon as one of the English teams has to go to South Africa in uh, December. Leinster yeah. have got uh, Racing and Gloucester. Oh! <laughs> uh, Munster have got Toulouse and Northampton. Uh, and Ulster have got La Rochelle and Sale. Love the stuff. Because <laughs> they all qualified oh. slightly lower than they expected. And uh, La Rochelle, bet. Racing and Toulouse also qualified lower than they expected. Well, this is this is the, the beauty. I mean, that is part of it, is that you can never predict what's going to happen in the top 14 every year. So yeah. at least we've got that going for it. Yeah. And yeah, this year they were completely taken by surprise. I don't think they expected two South African teams to be the, the top two finishers in the URC. So Good. Right. Are you happy with the draw, though, Craig? That you, even if you don't understand it, <laughs> is it um, is it cast or Montpellier you've got, Greg? It's cast. Um, That's so probably it, the easier two, to be honest. Well, you know, we've we've beaten Saracens before, um, so you know, I don't think it, it scares us. Um, but cast will be the cast is the, is one of those ones where, and I don't mean to use a a, a very very lazy. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, usual comment about the French, but it just depends who what cast turns up, you know, because cast will either play absolutely awful or they'll come out and absolutely spank us. So it's, it's it'll be interesting to, uh, to see how they do. And then I don't know what the third team is of, I think it's just, um, you just got two. Is you it just two, two? Is it because yeah. the thing is messed up? Yeah. <laughs> So I'd, I'd, it'll be interesting, and if we, you know, I'd, listen, I'd, if we have Saracens at the dam or or Cast at the dam, it'll be an interesting day. So yeah, it'll be fun. Cast have got a big dollop of l'esprit de coche as well. They do not care about away games in Europe at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing with, with the French teams; they can absolutely just like you can have all the seedings in the world, but if they lose the first game, it is 
absolutely all bets are off. <laughs> you, you could be seeing like the you know the cast uh, under nines turning up at the dam, and it'll be like, yeah, 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 they were the best available players we had, despite the fact we've got a you know a top fourteen game in three days' time, and uh, oh look who's turned up at that. Oh. Um, yeah, I think to be honest, cast's a much much more appealing prospect than Montpellier. And, yeah, yeah. And Saracens or Leicester, I'd probably take Saracens. And then um in the Diddy Cup, Johnny and John. Uh in Bath. Yeah. Yep. Got <laughs> the return <laughs> of Sia Hala Nuka Nuka. He's a Perpignan. Um Perpignan have also got a guy called Mike Tadger. <laughs> <laughs> I tell He's you gonna what, love his visit to Glasgow. <laughs> it will be an utter disgrace if Glasgow fans cannot come up with a. If you've got warning, you yeah. need a chant. Yeah, I've got a feeling he's going to have a fairly uncomfortable evening in Glasgow. To be honest, probably not travel. <laughs> That's assuming there's any fans in the stadium. Is it Tajay? Hamstring. Tajay. 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 Mike Tajay. Mike Tajay. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to like Jamie Lyle on comms for that one. Here he comes, Michael Tadger. <laughs> the affectionately named Mikey Tadger. What's his offloading like? He could push one out the back door. Oh! <laughs> We're not on the Patreon yet, just FYI. Boom, boom. It's for innuendos, fine. All right. <laughs> Innuendo is absolutely fine and allowed and encouraged. Um, <laughs> any more in the European draw now that we've now that Johnny's explained that to me and I kind of understand it now. I'm Good happy with Glasgow's. Fine. I've I found a test that the BFI have set up called Are You a Replicant? So we'll do that on the Patreon for and imagine we're Leinster fans. Um, <laughs> find that Leinster fans are patrons later on. Uh, or or um, our replicants, rather. Um, so the next bit of news, there's been... A, I don't know. It's, it's news as such. Um, Scottish, the, the Scottish government have given um, the Scotland women's team one hundred and forty thousand pounds. Craig, which is, I don't know. It's it's good to see them funding it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's good to see that uh, you know that everyone's. It's good to see not only the SRU and the fans, but the government and everything getting behind them. Um, and I think it's. Uh, it's you know any any more money that's coming towards them, well, good on them as long as it gets to them and uh, it's not um, quietly redistributed in any way. Um, then I, I, I'm I'm pleased about that. And uh, no, it's it'll be good. And we've got some some a couple of really cracking fixtures coming up to the dam um, for the warm up as well. So um, it yes. really should be good. So so USA on the 27th of August and yeah. Spain on the 11th. So they're two quite big teams. Think from the women's point of view, to kind of good tests for going in, uh, going out, going to New Zealand. Yeah, really excited about the, especially the USA. It'll be really, really good to see um, see the USA play at the dam um, and and see what happens, you know. And uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll we'll get a few more bodies down to the, the dam health and uh, uh, to support. Does Elona Meyer play for USA Fifteens now, or is she still just in the sevens? Currently, I think just the sevens. I'd have to, I'd have to actually look a, do a little bit more research, Johnny. I haven't thought the, the the women's sevens, the Scotland women's sevens have been have been going great guns on the European 
tour. That was yeah. heartbreaking on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Oh, oh. And there was, because it was on YouTube, there was no commentary and I couldn't understand what was going on. I had to wait until it got explained on Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely. Because on the, on the um, feed, the clock was in the red. Scotland obviously thought the clock was in the red, kicked it out, and then next thing, I thought that the ref had blown up for a penalty. I was like, I didn't see anything wrong there. And then next thing, Poland are taking a line out, and I was like, what? What is going on? I don't understand. And it turns out that, that Scotland thought time was up, and she told them there was 30 seconds left or something. Always, always ask the referee if time's up. Mm-hmm. Couldn't believe Always, it. always, always check. Yeah. I suppose the sevens is different because the hooter goes. So I don't know how the hooter gone, Johnny. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. What's the other thing? But the clock had been red for quite a long time on the on the feed, and obviously, which means it must have been red. I assume they're taking off the stadium clock. Stadium clock must have been red. Yeah, yeah. It's heartbreaking because as soon as it happened, it was and like Scotland hoofed it out inside their twenty-two as well. <laughs> like Scotland, Scotland defended their twenty-two for about forty-five seconds. The clock was was really really red. Scotland turned it over, kicked it out, and the next thing there's a light out, and Poland scored. Yeah, always, always it's horrible. Sure, that's why you take your time at the base of the ruck when you turn it over. You go, is that time? Is that time? Yes, boot and get it done. You don't don't mess about and just kick it straight out. Don't trust the stadium clock. Never trust the stadium clock. Yeah. Um, other bits of news. I wouldn't we kind of um mentioned this that last week. I think that Holly Davidson um led the first all women's refereeing yep. team at the weekend, which is <clears> superb. Good to see um, we've got one high-quality uh, international referee on the circuit at the moment. Indeed. That's harsh on my... Look, I, I, no, I no, love... No. I, after, we've talked about this before. After years and years of moaning about English, French, Welsh and Irish referees, I take perverse delight in hearing people complain about Mike Addison's performance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I take delight in it because actually... Him being an international referee might mean he doesn't necessarily get the eighteen seventy two cups anymore, which is a, which is a good thing. He was uh, he was on the refereeing team for uh, the URC final, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He was he, he was a touch judge. Years of getting this off the ground with the prime South African teams. We get two South African teams in the final. They sell out the stadium. It's a huge deal. <laughs> Andrew Brace referee and Mike Adamson on the touchline and Ben Whitehouse as the TMO. Welcome to the URC. Ah, yes. <laughs> it's breaking out the big guns. <laughs> it's funny how much trauma is involved in those three names. Just yeah. like I mean Andrew, Andrew, if I say the word to, to if, if I say the words Marius Yonker to you, John, it doesn't he exactly uh <laughs> instill lovely thoughts. I mean you know, it's a beautiful name, though. So yeah, that is a good name. Yeah, like I think I think referee names, like the na- like the the proper names of referees, I think that has declined. You know, like you always kind of thought about when you were younger. You're like, see, if I was a professional sports person and hearing the commentator having to say my surname, would that be all right? And I was kind of like, not be really boring. Like uh, it's I, quite easy for you, though, wasn't it? Because the best referee in the history of all time is named this is true. You. This is true. So. Maybe. I should go into refereeing. I would have a leg up straight away. Just it'd be like, oh, he's got the name for it. You'd there have to go. call yourself not that John Anderson. 
<laughs> nah, I, would, I would be the real John Anderson. <laughs> you, are you going to be wearing the white and black striped shirt in that as well? Uh, absolutely, mate. Oh, that's, that's a standard Saturday night. <laughs> Shout at the folk in the pub. <laughs> ready! Drinkers, ready! Three, two! <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, the uh, Fish is asking, I just random question we got from uh, Fish1167. So, can anyone get me to Hugh Jones's wedding? No, because I've got a uh, If anyone's on. crashing Hugh Jones's wedding, it'll be me. I, I, I'm uh, the, the legalities of me attending are not, not applicable. <laughs> can't, can't get there. Sorry. And my lawyer informs me I have to reliably tell you I won't be going. <laughs> You'll be sticking by your court appointed 100 meters. <laughs> I'll, I'll be at least six, 600 meters from him at all times. Yeah, he says, he's, oh, he's actually, he's, I'm, he's at Hugh Jones Marry Me on Twitter. Oh, love it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, we don't have details. I understand that he's uh, changed it last minute and he's uh, having it in France now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can Paris. Can't talk yeah. about that. Yeah. It's too it's too emotional. That better not happen. Hugh, Hugh Jones and Bruno. We can't we can't talk about it's such a shame. Um Liam <laughs> Byrne is saying that um Holly Davidson was dodging the air RFC in the pro alignment game. I don't think uh, Holly Davidson is ever dodgy. Nah. Nah. Fact, like pictures or it didn't happen. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> The um, I think there's not. Is there any other news from anybody? I don't think there's been any signings or anything. Particularly, we still know Scott Robertson's definitely not coming to Glasgow because he's um coaching the Barbarians in the autumn. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe he's coaching the Barbarians and then just staying as a warm up. Yeah, I'm just interested yeah, in all the, all the all the Twitter stuff that's going on about seeing Borden Gatlin speaking to uh, um, people in, in Glasgow and stuff like that. I saw something on Twitter that was saying that um, Warren, Warren Gatlin, Gatlin saw Warren Gatlin by the steak yeah. bake. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the new Telegraph rugby correspondent, and in his first article, he said he was looking for another job in the Northern Hemisphere. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. He oh, said, "Fine, go for the Northern Hemisphere." I think he said he would be back in Britain for another job. How funny would that be? That when Gatlin takes the reins at Glasgow for a year, and then Townsend gets his jotters after the World Cup, and Mike Blair doesn't get the Scotland job because we give it to Gatland, and then we all become <laughs> self-appointed Gatland lovers. Is it possible for Warren Gatland to select a Glasgow squad without selecting a single Scottish player? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, probably. Yeah, hundred percent. I've got. I've got. What you mean? I've got actually two Scottish folk. No, 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 reformed right it's clear that maybe his coaching staff were selling the merits of scottish players and warren was kind of like ah yeah fair enough i'll just go along with it but uh, do you know it did it, it the final to be say, fair if you watch it he's the one that wants duhan in the test team on the uh on the he does want do or dewey as he affectionately knows him yeah. love that love it all in for that uh he also does mention ali price yeah well price played off well price Pretty much played all, well. Played all three tests. He was the one consistent. Yeah, yeah basically in, in the documentary, as soon as Alan Wynne Jones is on the plane, <laughs> Catlin's like, "Well, if Connor's not captain anymore, we're <laughs> he's not." Ali <laughs> Ali's been playing much better anyway. He, he, he literally goes, "Well, if captain's the only thing that's keeping Connor Murray in, <laughs> Alan Wynne Jones is on the plane. We'll have Ali Price." <laughs> it's brilliant, that's magnificent. 
Oh, I love it. Connor, they, they talk to Connor Murray as well, and it's just oh, like, he's and he so looks, salty. You know, I like, um, I felt quite bad for him because he looks really sad and it's really emotional, and then they follow it up straight away with him breaking Stuart Hogg's face, and I'm like, ah, actually, I didn't feel that bad for him after all. <laughs> It was so so brutally done. It was magnificent. <laughs> Craig, you were putting faces up there. What 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 you put well, faces? It's, that's it's Ali the Ali Price thing again. No, it's got nothing to do with Ali Price thing. It's to do with uh, you going. Oh, I love that nickname. I love that oh, nickname. But like, and you love your tempo and everything like that. But what about uh, the minute you mentioned Benzo? Oh, that's Benzo. terrible. Yeah, but neither of those nicknames are a sedative. You're very <laughs> very forgetful. <laughs> Very forget you forget things. See, um, very see, just to segue into the main part of the pod after uh, thirty-two minutes, we are getting uh, Benzo and the Boff on the international stage on Saturday afternoon. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, are, Boff's, did, playing, yeah. Boff's on the wing for Los Pumas, isn't he? Is, yeah. is this like uh, is this like um, you know when like when the cop drama goes to like the fifth or sixth season and they have to they have to mix it up to have a twist. Is this like Benzo has went bad and now... Uh, yeah, oh, no, maybe. Benzo. No, the boss, no, the boss has went bad. Yeah. And Benzo yeah, needs to bring him to justice. Yeah, yeah. the boss, sorry, the boss, I see, boss, I see, go, the boss has gone bad and has moved to the Falklands. And, uh, I see Benzo and the boss sort of like Sharky and George style 90s. Yeah, that, and no, Benzo and the boss are claymation animations from Ardman. Do you think so? See, I, <laughs> I think yeah, it like, like a morph, 90s Nickelodeon, like... Like Sharky and George, Pinky and the Brain, that nice, sort of like nice. era of animation. Yeah, no. yeah, like like really, really poor animation, but also like classic writing. I just saw it as uh, like Dempsey and Makepeace. And, oh uh, yeah, like both, uh, like the both fair, was like the, the, the good looking one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He drove the cabriolet. The, the, the Pinky and Brain theme tune does kind of start scan. The Benzo yeah. and the Boff, the Benzo and the Boff. One's a former nominated World Young Player of the Year. The other's Argentinian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, there was a Scotland game last week. There's a Scotland game this week. We are 35 minutes in. And we're <laughs> Stop making up your... theme tunes for a fictional children's game. <laughs> like I'll have none of your organization, McGinty. <laughs> Look, <laughs> listen. Background. Be gone. <laughs> if I want to spend my lunchtime mocking up a VHS cover for Benzo on the Boff, then I will do that, Johnny. Mate, this has to happen. Oh, it's got to be like an eight, it's got to be like an eighties theme tune. I'm telling you, I have to have get, have to get the uh, get, get uh, one of those. Um, this is like one of those guitar did. keyboards. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. proper. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Best thing I ever saw was um, there was a guy. I think he did the final countdown. and had a kazooka lele. It's still my favourite. Nice. My favourite. Favourite. It's basically because you like sell a tip to the end of a ukulele, but it's amazing. <laughs> um, right, well, let's talk about Chile then. Go on then, Johnny. You forced my arm after 35 minutes. <laughs> I really want to talk about it because it all felt entirely kind pointless. of pointless and a bit yeah. soul-sapping. And I'm yeah. not... I don't know what anyone has learned from that. And um, they've sent all the young players home anyway. Yeah, quite a few people have been punished for trying too hard, I think. Yeah. That's, that's basically what's happened. Yep. Yep. Well, like the that, Hoyland, that... was it the third Hoyland try where he ran into a load of bodies and then stretched his arm out at the end? Or was that his second? Third, his third one. I was third because his second was the one off the short line from George. Uh, yeah, Hall. it was that third one where he had two players outside of him in a really easy overlap and took the selfish option 
which yeah. is fine against Chile. And I think there was a certain, there was, I think Ben Moncaster was, it might have been in the run up to that try actually out on the wing. One, there was a one man overlap and Moncaster could have sent, I think it might have been Price in, but decided to take it into contact and hope he'd run over his, the Chilean player and didn't. And so it just wasted a bit more time. So I wonder whether there's a bit of that or whether it's just. It's, if that is why Hoyland's been sent home, it's a little bit harsh when you're on a hat trick in an A game against Chile and you try to take it yourself. Yeah. Like okay, I don't think I don't think Hoyland's been sent home because of that. I think Hoyland's been sent home because you've got um, you've got Duhan, you've got um, uh, Rufus McLean's been kept out there. You've got um, Darcy. You know, the, 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 right. where, when, where, and when is he going to get a game on the wing? Co- the only, cover th- the only thing I would off. Sorry, I said cover your ears for a second, John. Rufus McLean was not good on Saturday. No, like, no, 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 he wasn't. He so the wasn't, fact but... that he's still there and, and Hoyland's been sent home, I think, is a bit weird. It looked really rusty, to be fair. And I think you know, right? So Damien Hoyland, you know what you're getting with him. He's not first choice. He's not. He's not ever going to be first choice, but in a case where we get a brutal case of wingitis that rips through the squad, Hoyland can step up probably at any point. He probably doesn't need that much like encouragement. Just turn up and go, just play some sevens, pal, you'll be fine. Batter in, and he'll do a good job in the wing. We don't really need to understand much about Damien Hoyland, and he's never going to be in that position. I think with Rufus McLean, it's different. He's had a long in- injury and interrupted season. You know, he's not he's not played a lot of rugby, and it showed actually at the weekend. Um, he was tr- he was trying a lot of things. I think now this is going to sound like excuses. Workman blaming his tools here, but I think the pitch didn't necessarily help him because a lot of what his game is built on is that that step and that searing turn of pace. He fell quite early, and he seemed to twist himself really. Like quite a lot with a step, and I do wonder if he was over like trying like try to push things too much because of that. So, um, but there, he's going to learn a lot from just being out there and actually, you know, get getting a wee bit of maybe getting some game time later on in the tour. Um, you're not going to learn anything from Hoyland being there. He can go home, go back to his family, go and chill out, get a good 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 wee run up with Edinburgh under his belt, and then if he's needed, he's there. And I think that's the position he's in. The thing is, when you look at what's happening to Ireland at the minute, I don't see the point in sending anybody home. Like, I completely agree. I, I was surprised you, to see Andy go. The, the, the on-screen commentators yesterday morning were, ba- were basically talking about how Niall Scannell um, still had the taste of airport curry in his mouth when he went <laughs> on for Ireland yesterday morning. Like, they are... They they basically drove him from the airport to the stadium. That's how desperate they are already. So for Scotland but, to be sending people home, I don't really understand. Were we, what, like we've taken, I don't know what size squad Ireland took out, but with it, it was fifth, was it? It was a really bloated squad they took out for that Chile game because the English players couldn't play. Yeah, in the well, no, Ireland took forty. Ireland's got forty. In well, I think we Scotland down to forty-one now. Right. Okay. I think that was the plan is to cut it down to um I'll get the numbers now. I think the plan was to cut it down to 40 this time and then they're going to cut it down after the second test again. That was they talked I think Townsend talked about that in advance that by the end of it they'll have 
a basically a match day. Well, just no, over a match day. Twenty eight. They're talking about four for the final Argentina test. So it's thirty nine. Oh, yeah, it's thirty nine. Some of two squad. You're right. I think yeah. it was four. Ah, that's forty one. It was forty one. And no doubt the thirty nine. But they, it was 41, it was announced, but Hugh Jones and Hastings yeah. got injured out of it. And then they brought, and they yeah. called in Johnny Matthews, so that's then back to 40. Who's now away home. But yeah. he's away home now as well. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 George Turner's back, despite being ill. So it just, it, to, uh, it, said, it said he was ill. Santiago sickness, or? Uh, I don't know what he had, but it said he did not travel with the rest of the team because he was ill. Right. Which sounds yeah. awfully like Mr. Khaleesi back in the, the Lions tour. Just saying. But uh, <laughs> yes, he, he has now joined the, the squad and is ready and willing and able. Did did we learn anything from that chilly match? No, no, we didn't. It was pointless. <clears throat> it was absolutely pointless. It was, I, I, I mean, we didn't have our full squad. We didn't have, like, all we learned was that like against guys who are playing at quite a low level of rugby, we can we can throw the ball about a bit. But actually, there was no structure, there was no patterns. We learned that the second half malaise that Glasgow had this season has apparently permeated the Scotland team as well. So we'll look to batter that out on Saturday. But uh, ultimately, it was overplayed. Yeah, I think that's that was the thing for me that it wasn't. I think the there's a lack of clinicalness and ruthlessness. About it, it it looked like we turned up to play Chile and going, well, we'll easily stick fifty plus past these boys. It's just a run out, and I think it was an opportunity to. And we've the Scotland started to do it against weaker opposition is to really kind of properly put a team to the sword. Yep. Which sounds is kind of harsh when you're in their own kind of back garden, but they're not there to kind of put on an exhibition match, are they, Craig? No, but uh, and this is this is where I think Scottish rugby and uh, or or whether it's Townsend and his team that have that have structured it all, or whether it's Scottish rugby that have structured it all. But I think they've gone around it the whole the, the, the wrong way. Um, you know, they've they've come out, they've taken this this enlarging squad for an A game, and they've put in George Horn, right, George, go on and see what you can do, because he's been out and he's been he's had no game time. You know, virtually no game time this year, and you've got the opportunity to get your shirt back for Scotland. Um, you've got Hoyland, who has been an who has very little caps, has been always talked about as a Scotland, a Scotland, a potential Scotland player. Send him out, Muncaster, on you go, Rufus McLean, on you go. Come on, um, Thompson. You know, let's see what you've got to do. And they've put all this pressure on these boys, and they've gone out, and some of them have kind of. Instead of just going out as a squad and saying, right, these are the guys that are going to go out and play um, the A game, and it doesn't really matter what you do on the A game, let's go through the processes and then we'll, we'll, we'll look at the squad for the for the Argentina game. No, we're going to send some of you home. So, of course, they're going to overplay. And George George Horn was back to what he should be, but he did over... He, he, he was... It was white line fever. You could see George looking at, right, how many am I going to score today? Hoyland was the same. Muncaster was trying to batter everybody out of the way and prove himself as a big, uh, you know, uh, the, the big forward that he has shown himself as, Ed, uh, as an Edinburgh player. And I just, I just, I just feel they've gone around it the wrong to get the best out of those players. I think they've gone around it the wrong way. 
But it, but what I suppose then from that point of view, it was maybe an opportunity to get the ring rustiness out of the way in coming into the Argentina game. Then, <laughs> well, there's it's... certainly sorry, sorry, Johnny. Um, no, on you because I think we're going to say the same thing. <laughs> Well, it depends. I don't know. It certainly showed you, you know, for example, and and okay, the second half performance wasn't very, wasn't great, but automatically, whenever you saw when Bennett came on, when uh, Kinghorn came on, um, those players, came, uh, when Ali Price came on, you saw them the control come back in, and all of a sudden they were making line breaks, um, and I just felt that it just. It was almost like here's the big boys, are, here, here's the adults are coming on to sort you sort the kids out, and here and and because it's it's been noted within the press that that um, um, that Chile stepped up in the second half and were hitting, you know, were were were, were stronger in defence and they were and they were looking um, a little bit more ferocious in the second half. But I just think it, it, it I was just, I was absolutely nonplussed by it. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just nonplussed by it. Yeah, it was, it was really. Yeah, I, I think as you say, you know, it's interesting. The guys who came on, almost they, they, they've got no. So there was never any danger of any of them going home. Let's put it that way. Mm. You know, mm. they're coming off the bench, and there's never any danger that they can they can go and overplay, underplay. You know, stand on their heads. You know, do what the hell they want in the trial line or whatever. And there's no issue. The guys who started the game, for some of them, it was their only chance, really, to kind of push their case for the tour. And that that seems a bit... I mean, that's a different management technique from Townsend. Like, he's often been a very inclusive manager, uh, making sure people are in and about camp, experiencing tour, with a view that, you know, yes, you might not get game time, but you're certainly going to be in heavily involved. And he, he considers the squad as a whole, as opposed to the individual 23. This seems very much like... Uh, it, do, it feels punitive. And it's not the first time over the last wee while that Townsend has made decisions that felt punitive. And I'm sure in... You know the coaching team, and I'm sure within the player group, I'm 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 absolutely certain that they're explained properly and fully, and everyone's comfortable with them. But as a supporter, you look at it and you go, "Well, Muncaster's been sent home because he dropped a couple of balls and overplayed." It's 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 nonsense, and it just doesn't fit with Townsend's mentality. Those all those players, I would I would argue that all those players were already on the plane back. After the chili match, before a ball was even kicked, yeah, because they're there. They're, they're there to do. They're there because you, they can't. You, they can't play the English players in that fixture because it's not inside the, the the international window. Yeah. So, so for all you might have arm around the shoulder, this is your chance to stay on tour. There's not one player in that group. And he's, you know, and he said in advance, we'll be reducing the squad as we go through the tour. There's not one player in that group I thought, oh, that's a surprise that he's gone home. Muncaster well, for you. Muncaster's for me, yeah. I, I was going yeah, to say... If you, it's if, actually, who's, if you, who's taken his place from an English-based club? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, but Sam it's, Skinner, it's, it's not... No, no, that's... Oh, well, it's Sam Skinner's on the bench, but you've got... Um, he's got, they've got... He's lined up Magnus Bradbury at six. You know, mm. that's where Muncaster should, should be with Darge. Yeah. You should have Muncaster... And, and now, 
Moncast and Dodge, the future of that back row. Yeah, go, go now. I would have far preferred to. I would have paid the extra for his hotel to keep him there. For, <laughs> for, for the, you know, because I just think that you know, and it's no disrespect to the boys that have come home, but because um, the you know, but Hodgson wasn't just didn't look that great on the week on on the he was, weekend. He was pretty poor, wasn't he? Yeah, um, and and uh, you know, and then you've got your you've got a, 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 um, a hat trick uh, Hoyland who. Has basically been sent home as well, and you just think to yourself, "Well, what, 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 what was message. the point of that? What message yeah. is it sending?" Well, players? I suppose it's the Hoyland one is you'd, you'd send McLean home and ahead of Hoyland. I think if you were doing it on form, if you were doing it based on that game, you would say McLean, right? You're not fit, buddy. Off you go. Go and have a preseason at Glasgow. We don't need you to in Argentina. Hoyland, you're an experienced campaigner. This is your chance to make a case for the World Cup squad. Mm. Yeah. But maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe form you're sending home McLean. Whereas, if you're thinking about development, you're probably keeping him because he's what seven years younger than yeah. Hoyland. But then, mm. if you're thinking about development, why are you not having Muncaster and Darge training together every yeah. single day? Would Darge is still injured? I assume, presume he's, he's gone on he's, tour. He's on the bench. He's been training since he was out there. He's pictures of him training from the moment he was out there. He's been yeah. training. because hang on, am I reading the wrong? He is fit. I don't think he was expected fit. to even be on the bench, though. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. He's fit. But if you've got Muncaster and Darge there, even in training, just having them running lines together, running then you've got, as a you've pack. got, But you've also then on tour got Bradbury, Crosby, Skinner, who can all cover six. Yeah. I'm not saying it would be a good experience for him to stay out there. I'm just thinking... They were always going to reduce the squad by that number. Mm. Then that maybe stage. that was maybe that was the bad decision. Then, like, yeah, what's what's yeah. to be gained from reducing? Yeah, okay. No, so that's what back, I don't understand. Yeah. He gets back to have a couple of days extra rest before he goes to Edinburgh pre-season. Okay, fine, cool. And I actually think Muncaster's performance. Like, I've seen a couple of commenters say he's a year too shallow for international rugby. I disagree completely. Like, there's been so many examples of players who've come to international rugby, even against poor opposition, and not looked great. And it's it's about that time in camp. It's about building those partnerships. If you want these guys to be a unit in due time, Muncaster and Darge are the future of that Scottish back row. There is no doubt of it. Everyone the thing knows is, it. with all due respect to Edinburgh and the URC, if you're saying he's on the cusp of being an international, but he's a year away... I honestly think that three tests against Argentina is better preparation than another much, season. Much better prep. Yeah, yeah, completely, yeah, yeah, completely absolutely. Agree. Yeah. And the same goes absolutely. for any of the young boys out there. And actually, the same goes for the young boys who are not on the tour, who should be on the tour. Yeah, and it's like Jamie Lyle was saying on comms on Saturday night as well. It's it's not just the three tests; it's the experience of being on tour. Yep. Which is why, like, him, which is why we, 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 you know, we come around. To, yeah, that's why Hamish Watson's out there. He's not necessarily. Yeah. He might never play. He might not actually get anywhere near a rugby ball or even near the pitch because he. I mean, he may be carrying a niggle. He might play one. He's definitely not going to play in all three tests. Cause he's not in the squad. But yeah, but for like, I mean, if you think about it, for a lot of the guys that are there, there's probably ten or fifteen guys in that squad. The closest thing that they've had to a tour is two weeks in South Africa in the URC. Yeah, mm. and a tour is different to anything. It's, it's new, do. isn't it? And it's prep for that World Cup, even though it's just France. 
for the World Cup is different because it is you're in camp for a long time. And yeah. the way Scotland do it, obviously we do camp beforehand as well. So you know we'll it is a, it's a much more. <laughs> we're going to go and skin some rabbits. We're going to get Big Vern. We're going to go up a hill. We're going to camp. Richie Gray's going to freak out. It's going to be brilliant. Um, so the team's been announced for the first test. We've got, which is quite a surprise, Rory Hutchinson at 15. It, I mean... Let, let's start as we mean to go on, guys. Eh? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think there is... I know he's played there. Uh, for his club, I think. Okay, right, I can't believe we do this again, but I'm, I'm, it needs to be done because it needs to be like definitively cleared out of the air. Rory Hutchinson is not the best fullback in that starting fifteen. No, and we know who the best fullback in the starting fifteen is. And Probably Smith. In the starting fifteen, <laughs> you know exactly who I'm talking about. And you can go and get stuffed because he's a ten. Yeah, right, but once he's a ten. again... Stop talking about it. He's why, a 10. Why? Why? I haven't but he's a ten, but I think that, let's, I've at least turned it on its head, though, I suppose, is he's a better 15 than Rory Hutchinson, I think <laughs> is Johnny's point. Yeah, but... I don't, but... I'm not arguing that Rory Hutchinson is a better 10 than Blair King. I'm not saying you should no. shift them about, but I think yeah. there is, I get, I, I think the point you're making, Johnny, if, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you, you're weakening two positions, you weaken... Yeah, a position right. by not playing the best, you know, your best player. I mean, I I get there's you know there needs to be opportunities to kind of throw something like I mean just to see what you would do if you all your fullbacks fell ill before a match. Yeah, this is right. This is what I haven't had explained to me. And and any time I try it, we try to have this conversation. People start going, "Why are you being so mean about Kinghorn? Why are you being about Kinghorn?" Blah 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 blah. Right? Blair Kinghorn is a really good ten. Right, nobody's arguing that, but so's Adam Hastings, and to a lesser extent, so's Ross Thompson, and the three of them are all quite far behind a generational ten who might be Scotland's best ever player. Blair Kighorn is also an excellent international fifteen, and he is the only international fifteen behind Stuart Hogg. I also think he's a lot closer to overtaking Stuart Hogg than any of the three of them are to overtaking Finn Russell. So what I don't understand and what I need someone to explain to me is why we have three backups at 10 behind a guy that none of them are ever going to overtake and no backups at 15. Why is Blair Kinghorn being persevered at 10 when there are two other options at 10 and there are no options at 15? That is what I don't understand. There you go. We've got Billy on the comments saying Hutchinson's played four times at fullback. And that and, and that's where, where they send in Hoyland home. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Hoyland's played a lot of fullback um for, for Edinburgh. Um and you know what I, I'm happy with them, you know, with the Blair Kinghorn thing settled that he's a ten. Didn't he worry didn't he talk about it anymore? That's the way it is. What I'm concerned about is the fact that um, you know, Ollie Smith is coming through. We're trying to get Ollie Smith up to Stuart, not well. If uh, I don't know if you'll ever come to Stuart Hogg um, levels, but you know you would. I don't understand why we're not starting him and putting Hutchison on. If you look at Hutchison's um, uh, uh, last season, I would start him at twelve ahead of Sammy J. And and I, I'm only going on. I'm only going on the because he's played for. He has looked fantastic at twelve for for Northampton Saints. Where Sammy J has 
suffered with the team around him, and it's and and he has. See, I'm, I'm actually trying to throw a backhanded comment. You're being, you're being very I'm delicate, very, here, very diplomatic. <laughs> um, but I think Sam Johnson is uh, is you know you're not going to again for the World Cup. You're not going to learn anything having Sam Johnson at twelve for Argentina when you could have Hutch there. Well, your, yeah, your point, actually, you're not going to learn anything at, uh, for the World Cup. That's the key point there. Hutchinson at 15 makes perfect sense because Townsend wants a multidisciplinary squad. He wants people who can play different positions. He, he does. He, he wants does, to see Hutchinson at 15. He does, but I would back Craig's point up that we haven't seen Hutchinson at 12 much for Scotland, and it's definitely no, not we recently. Haven't, so, but we've seen, we've seen him at club level. I think Townsend mm. knows he can play 12. He can play 12. He's a competent 12. A very good 12, actually, this season for Northampton. Yeah, he's been but brilliant. For, for Townsend's purposes, he's a competent 12. He's a very good 13 as well. So, one, one more position. Throw him in at 15, see what he can do. I guarantee you he won't be at 15 next week. But this is Townsend figuring out, can I have him in my World Cup squad? The thing is that these, this, these selections make a lot more sense on the back of Hastings and Hugh Jones not being there. Because yes. I don't think, yeah. I think there's a lot of people there who, who wouldn't have been in those positions if everybody was still there. And it, see, it, thought, so it makes a little bit more sense there. I thought Jones was going through a, through a renaissance anyway. I thought he was going to come back at 15. Hugh um, if you will. Hugh Nice. I wouldn't nice. have been surprised to see Hastings at 15, actually. Yeah. Oh, the double I, switch. Yeah, I think Can that, to 10 and Hastings to 15? Hastings, oh. Hastings, Hastings, is, Hastings is filled in at 15 before for Scotland. I think there's, there's yeah. not really a question there. So so I, I get it with Hutchinson, but I just, I would have, and I, and I suppose if we take account of the fact that Hugh, that the, maybe the plan was to start Hugh Jones at 15. I'd still agree with Craig's point, though. Ollie Smith should be starting at 15 all day and twice on a Sunday. If you want a guy who is a young generational talent who is potentially, uh, now that Blair Kinghorn is no longer a 15, is potentially a replacement for Stuart Hogg. Like, what? Stuart Hogg's 30. He is not, he's not going on forever. You know, he's got a couple of years max left in him. We need a fullback to come through. That I think been... Ollie Smith is a lot further away from international rugby than, say, Ben Lancaster is. I agree. I agree. I think Ollie yeah, Smith but, is. But then you look at Xander Ferguson when he came on, and Xander Ferguson was 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 quite far away from international rugby when he started playing international rugby for Scotland. Uh, some say he is quite still far away from international <laughs> rugby. But, um, but some, but, some. But do you understand what I mean? It's it's. It's it's they're not going to be brought on by not playing, and I and and yes, I understand that we're trying that Townsend is one of those people he's trying to get people to play several different positions or three different positions. But I don't when we don't have a standalone fullback to replace Hogg, who is because you you know Hogg okay he's played ten at times, but really no, you know, um, <laughs> and and it's like it's like it's it's he's a standalone fifteen. Do we not need someone in the wings who is a standalone fifteen who's going to come on and sol- solidly? We do. We do. This is and this is the, this is still the problem that Scotland have is it's all very well having versatility in some areas, but if you go purely one hundred percent for versatility across all areas, you massively weaken your squad. Yeah. 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 And also, we're not talking about so the Xander things are interesting comparison, Craig. We're not talking about replacing 
one of, if not our best player over the last 10 years with a young upcoming talent. We're talking, you know, Xander replaced WP Nell or he replaced, you know, oh God knows. I know he replaced Jeff their- Cross. He replaced Jeff, Jeff Cross. Jeff yeah, Cross. Jeff. Right, okay. So Xander replaces Jeff Cross. That is not the same as Ollie Smith taking over from Sure Hog, Captain. Says I wasn't kind of saying he was coming on to replace anyone. What I was trying to say was that that they brought him into the squad and started playing him and a lot and he he and, and and you look at Chris Harris as well. You know, like even when we're talking about Rufus McLean, for example, yeah. um, and 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 um, to, Ross Thompson as well. Um, those players have come on, and 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 I was, I think I messaged us you all on the on the on the the um, on Messenger when after the game and said Rufus McLean was yes, awful. And then I thought to myself, hang on a minute, Chris Harris was on the wing when he got his first cap, and he was awful. And it's that thing of, and what I was trying to say about Xander Ferguson is that, that, that they, they insisted on bringing Xander in to play for Scotland, and he had to learn. And yeah. and the problem I have is the fact that we seem to, or Townsend seems to be, you know, like Tua Pilotu looked so out of sorts because he's at 12, right? He's never, he, he's not played yeah. 12 for Glasgow at all this season. I agree with that. I think the, the necessity of Xander was there. So yeah. it's, it's the idea of necessity. And again, it's back to Johnny's point. I don't want to labour this. Let's move away from Kinghorn at 15. <laughs> but to to labour the point slightly, we've got a very, very talented 15 who, for whatever reason, people have moved him to 10. And he would be... So Stuart Hogg goes down with an injury next year. And all of a sudden... like, So let's just take Stuart Hogg out of the Scotland equation for a second. Who do we put in to replace him? Who 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 steps in? Kinghorn. You talk about being closer to international rugby, or you know, as as close to international positioning as you can be. Kinghorn is the natural successor to Stuart Hogg at fifteen. He is the only person who is even remotely close to being anywhere near the level of Stuart Hogg. He's not even he's not close, but he is miles ahead in development of the other guys and. If we're saying well, King think... a 10, then fine, right? But throw the young guys in. There's no point in playing a guy out of position, out of sorts, and four four games in that position. It is madness. Yeah. I think the King Hall argument's been is gone now because... I think it I is. Said, I agree. No, because I, I think that's you know, within the Ember and Scotland setup as well. I think he's, he's a 10 now because he's not he's not play, even played 15 for Ember, has he, Craig? No. No, no. He's. I think he. It's I think he. Came, I think he. Uh, no, I think he came on for an injury, but I think he had to go to fifteen because I think uh, when Immelman, Immelman got was injured, and also Lang went off, um, and you know we we had quite a, you know a couple of cent. I think Lang and uh, yeah, there was there was Moyano had been injured as well, so there was nobody there to actually that that would go to fifteen, um, and so they put him there. But and, and very, I, I, everyone's very reluctant to put him at 15 ever, I'm, you know, I'm again. not disagreeing with that. I think if we're committing to him as a 10, that's fine, okay? Mm. That is the decisions that coaches live and die by, and that battering, I disagree with it wholeheartedly as a concept, but that is their choice, and that's why they get paid a lot more money than I do, battering guys. And if Kinghorn plays a blinder at 10 at the weekend, I will be the first person going, good job, mate, well done. Can I, but, can I, can I say one thing? 
Of course you can. Right. Go on. Can let's wrap. So can you? Right. Can you wrap it up? Because I want to wrap it up here. And and I need I need. You say that you disagree with the whole Blair Kinghorn ten thing. Um, I would argue back the other way and say that Edinburgh, and it was obvious when at the 1872 Cup game, um, Edinburgh in a better place with Kinghorn at 10 than Glasgow are with Ross Thompson at 10. Because Ross Thompson is not... Uh, and, and Glasgow have three 10s that they all could have used and they didn't... And OK, it was the coach's fault that, that you know, that, that, that they didn't use Moyote, etc. because he's a world-class 10 but, you know, he's played for... for no, no. Behave. Well, he's played. He's played international. T- he's been an international ten for for Argentina. So, what what right? class is a stretch? Come on, I right, okay. no one said well, that. Well, let me just let me just finish what I'm trying to say there. Okay, you can't turn around to me and say that the that is and and say that the Kinghorn experiment is wrong when we've got a ten who is now um, second or third pick for Scotland. Um, and he's only been playing ten for a season, I, and, he's, I would, and he's and he's incredibly, you know, he's he's incredibly competent at his at his position. As the the only thing I'd counter that with is that Edinburgh looked better with Mike Blair as head coach than Glasgow did with Danny Wilson as head coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, which, which, and, I think, like, and I think, yeah, the thing is, like, and I've been trying to say this for ages. I don't disagree with the Kinghorn experiment because I don't think Kinghorn's a good ten. I think he's a really good ten. My problem is that there are at least two other options at 10 and none at 15. None at 15. That's my problem. My problem is not that Kinghorn shouldn't be played 10 because he can't do it, because I think he can do it. I think he can do it really well. And I think but there's so Kinghorn's many options very, and he's got zero at 15. And he's but, a then very why, 15. but then why when you, why are we constantly going on about Blair Kinghorn when we should be talking about all the 15s um, that are Scots qualified that have been left out of the squad? Who? What? Yeah, please... Well, that's what I'm saying. We need to. We need to. That's what I'm trying to say. Is the fact that we've we've leaned on, you know, having a captain, a 15 as a captain, meant that we've we've had no development at 15, and now we're saying, oh yeah, you know, um, we should be this guy who started it, you know, who's been told he's now going to be a 10. He's put so much work into being a 10. We should then just put him in at 15 and for Scotland because there's nobody else. Well, who the hell is, you know? Yeah. Why aren't well, we and this is my, the my thing is, if it was up to me, and again, you know, like John says, we are not the people who are getting paid to do this, but I would never have asked him to be a 10. I would have looked at what I've got and gone, well, we've got Finn Russell, we've got Adam Hastings, we've, we'll maybe have Ross Thompson coming through, we look but at we 15, Finn, we've got Finn nobody. Smith, so why are we moving a very good 15 into 10 when we've already because, got Because Edinburgh had options at 15 and the Edinburgh options at 10 were poor. But then it's the purpose of the clubs not to serve the Scotland national team. That's what yeah, we're always this, told. Like, with hey, all due respect they're, they're, to Edinburgh or whatever, I'd what say generously told. 30% of people who care about Scotland's success care about Edinburgh being successful. So saying, oh, we've uh, we've moved Blair Kinghorn to 10 for, for the betterment of Edinburgh and it's going to be to the detriment of the Scottish national team, that doesn't fly. I'm sorry. Johnny's just gone full Wales, bring back the regions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Dodson right, needs look, to on, on that, We could talk about this for a long time, and indeed we have talked about it for a long time. It's, look, <laughs> it's, let's, 
we, we're going to finish the main podcast for this week. We'll, we'll probably carry on this debate. We haven't talked about the forwards yet. Oh, there's not much to talk about. Um, so uh, we'll cover that in the Patreon podcast. Uh, we'll do the Voight Camp test for Leinster fans. Um, have some more, <laughs> a bit more of a lighthearted chat. Try and, uh, I'll try and keep everyone together so everyone comes back next week. Um, so for the moment, though, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Craig, Johnny and John. Hey, all. Hey, all.